What's good, everybody? This is Safis. Hey, everybody. This is your boy, Sam. And it's your boy, Khalil. Man, hold up, Khalil. You do not go third, bro. You would, you No, it's not your position. This is Chris the Star of the Show. I sorry. I'm I sorry, fans. I took it. I don't know why Khalil think he can come up here and just take over. That boy crazy. And we are the roommates <laughs> on the Conduit Podcast Network, as usual. You guys are back at it. Real quick, guys, we are recording on a Wednesday. So if something happened on Thursday or Friday that's really impactful and for the culture... I want you to know we missed it. Sorry. Yeah, but we're not oh, going to be sad about missing it because uh, guess what? T- t- tell them, B-Lo. Go ahead. The roommates are taking over Miami. You're going to Miami. Look, I am, I'm shooting Miami. every shot possible. Ooh, I do not care. Wow. I'm telling you, bro. I do not care. Not gonna I'm not going to Miami, though. We're not doing it like Vegas? drive through girls, McDonald's. It's not like Vegas? I'm coming for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. Finna get chose by the roommate. Shit, the de- paper ready. We're definitely finna take over Miami. There shouldn't be evidence. Oh, yeah. The whole state of Florida and then Latin America after that. Yeah, you can have that. We might need to go to Cuba it? after, bro. Brazil? No? Man, bro, I, I got I got. Our my man family. Chris is getting married. Okay. Chris is my high ride. Chris is finna get married. We're going married. for a basketball party. We're going to turn up. That's where we're going. We're going to a KOD. And in my defense, I cannot they told me at the last minute. <laughs> my mom, my mom. I was literally asked on Monday. What's mom, KOD? What? Think about it. Really? King, King of Detroit? Miss yeah, you know what I'm saying, bro? That's exactly, you know what we got? I can't that's do exactly this. what it is. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. King of Detroit. <laughs> All right, real quick, real quick, before we get started, What's we finally, finally got in our artwork. Go ahead and bring the camera my way. So we got some vintage. Oh, this is a little jacket from, not jacket, I'm tripping. This it's is a bag. A, a bag from Jason Joseph. He finally sent us in this artwork. Um, He sent us in a portrait. What else he sent us in? He sent us something else as well. Yeah, and one just, of them looked like me. Dad, like I was smoking. <laughs> I was like, that came to me. I got a picture of Chris smoking some reefer. That weed. Can't stay off the weed. The weed. So if you want to find more of Jason Joseph artwork, you can go it, um, go find it on HTTP <laughs> semicolon dash dash. <laughs> findartamerica.com slash profiles slash Jason dash Joseph. One more time, that's findartamerica.com slash profiles slash Jason dash Joseph. That link will be on the website yeah, as And well. I know y'all probably won't remember that. What? So what? just Google it. Yeah, Google it, Jason You'll probably Joseph find artwork. It. And another shout out real quick. Our homegirl, <laughs> I was going to say something, but it would have been out of Man, line. Man, come on, come on, just continue. Our homegirl, Destiny Jones. <laughs> Our homegirl, Je- <laughs> Destiny Jones, is making it on the Houston. No, she's trying now for the Houston, Texas cheerleading squad. She's on the final round, and she needs your help, America. She needs you to vote for her so she can make it to the Houston, Texas cheerleaders. Vote, so she vote, can vote. put us on with all her fine friends. I ain't going to lie to you. Dadgum, I would love to meet J.J. White. Whoa, that's I'm talking about my friends and you're talking about J.J. White. We're talking about J.J. White. You're talking about J.J. White. You know what? It's become questionable, Odell. Look, listen, listen. J.J. White is an impactful person for Houston. He gives back to Houston. He's down with H-Town. I don't want to screw this moment. Man, y'all can't make me crazy. You go to HoustonTexans.com slash cheerleaders slash tryout slash two that th- th- go. I'm going to make it right. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Destiny Jones. No, man. Hey, wait. Google Destiny Jones. Scoop that thing up. See what happens. What? <laughs> right. 
Just Wait. Google search Houston, Texas cheerleaders tryouts 2017. <laughs> if you want what to look up Destiny. YouTube? If you want to look up Destiny on Instagram. I'm looking at this right Instagram, now. Instagram, A-O understand Jones. <laughs> A-Y-O understand Jones. You can <laughs> underscore. What I say? <laughs> What's that? Understand. <laughs> hey. I'm tripping heavy today. Bro, what's wrong with me, bro? I don't know what's that. We had to rush. My camera's messed up. <laughs> I got no talking points. I'm discombobulated. <laughs> it's going to be a great show. I already feel it. Oh, my it. God. Oh, Wait. I already feel it. I that that man, you, you don't know how to spell toop that thing up? Toop that toop. thing go, no. mama. Okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead. While we're on rap music, let's go ahead and jump into Culture Matters. We got a little bit of time, so I want to make sure we can dive into this. Chris's man, the guy, Kendrick Lamar, just dropped a hot new track called Humble. The music video was sick, pretty dope, dope visuals. And then Kendrick Lamar, as usual, dropped some really, really fire lyrics. But guess what? Feminist black Twitter got on him for his lyrics. And you guys know how feminist black Twitter gets when they want to go on a rant on somebody. So feminist black Twitter got mad at Kendrick for some of his lyrics to his song. And I'm going to recite these lyrics. I'm going to go ahead and censor it. But I'm going to recite the lyrics that made feminist black Twitter upset. Kendrick says, I'm so effing sick and tired of the Photoshop. Why are you trying to rap it? I know, Just I'm trying to rap it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was hidden, bro. Keep it going. Show me something natural like Afros on Richard Pryor. And then here's the part that pissed him off. He said, show me something natural like ass with some stretch marks. Show me ass with some stretch marks. And they got pissed. They were saying Kendrick was shaming women who had plastic surgery. He was shaming women with different body styles. He was having his misogynistic lyrics. He was demeaning black women, and they went off on him. So right now, fellas, what are your thoughts about these lyrics? Were they misogynistic? Were they out of bounds? What are your thoughts? The floor is yours, Khalil. First, how how was the feminist mad at him talking about plastic surgery? Don't y'all care about natural? No, fe- here's the thing about feminists. Here's the thing about feminists. Feminists, if you, if you downplay anybody, feminists are going to be pissed. Oh, that's just silly. Anyway, you got Anyway, go ahead, Hafiz. It's all you. No, I asked you guys. Yeah, he's asking for your opinion. He's asking for your that, was my que- that was my first question. Right no, he asked for be- your opinion. Oh, he had a, que- I I had a question. question. Okay. okay. Well, go ahead, Sam. <laughs> oh, well, uh, gosh. I just don't think you can win. <laughs> you can't. According to what Khalil said, like, you're a feminist. You want to be all natural. You're mad at those other girls, the models. They're for not. Making they're you, not. They're for not. making you look yes, bad. They are. They're not. Well, yes, they are. That's what I. That's what I've always thought. You're uh, mad at them for making women have to live up to the standard. And you're like us regular women. We don't get any love because of that. Boom. And now you get love from a rapper of all people, the one who's usually helping or supporting your objective, your objectification, or whatever. And you're mad. And now you're mad. I just don't understand. What do we have to do? So now you want to What do you the want plastics? me to say? What do you want my lyrics to say if you could change them? I'm speaking like I'm Kendrick Lamar. Mm. But Kendrick God, Lamar. God, gosh dang, man. I mean, what do okay. you want us to do? I, I'm, I'm trying to understand what part was against black women. <laughs> to me, it was for black women. Yeah. I, I don't. I didn't understand what part was against. I, I honestly don't get why they got mad. He tried to do a thing like promote them, you know, put them up, put them on the pedestal, and you got mad. 
because he downplayed people who got plastic surgery. I mean, if the feminists are for that, I guess maybe I don't understand. I guess I just really don't understand feminism anymore. You definitely, <laughs> nobody does. Yeah. So I don't I, know I, I what just, direction it's going in because that makes no sense to me. That was so a my, subtle <laughs> shot, bro. That was the most subtle shot in the world. Nobody does. So, my, so then I guess, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. Were you saying something? No, nah, he was just co-signing. So here's what one one lady said. Um, her name on Twitter is Miss Underscore Petty Labelle. Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I love that. So we know what she's gonna say. Okay. Miss Petty says, and that line in humble was harmful. Kendrick coulda and shoulda used his platform as a man to uplift even the women who get surgery. That's it. That's what she said. So the line should have been, "Show me some real like some ass with some stretch marks." And asked with no stretch marks. Yeah. So he should have added that after. Man, bring the camera my way. What? He should have he just... Go ahead, Chris. Talk that talk. Put it like this. I'm, let me get this out the way first. Right now. Kendrick Lamar, you, you're my favorite rapper. Oh, <laughs> That's my. I, I can't wait to meet Kendrick Lamar. I have to meet him one day. <sighs> Anyways, let me go on and get that away. So I'm going to defend him. In my mind is where, where Kendrick was going was to not offend women or... Plastic, plastics, whatever you want to call them, but the lift women. Nobody say that. I, hey, hey, hey. Actually, I said plastics. Yeah, I said plastics. Hey, mean girls go hard. Anyways, do. Um, his whole message is like, look, women, y'all don't have to create this fake image of yourselves or um, try to give the best all the time. Like, we want y'all natural. We want you to feel empowered with yourself. We want you to feel um, beautiful, just the way you are. And we want you to be natural with it. We want you to not feel like you have to make yourself up for us men. And I think that is the proper message that he was trying to to show, not to like just shame plastic like plastic surgery. I don't like people are over over hyping, over boosting situation where he was really saying like women, we need to look, y'all need to love yourselves and really have high self esteem and shoot. Love yourselves. That's the, I think that's hey, the main hey, thing. Boom. Amen. That Boom. Was, that's what he was going Spoken after. Spoken well from a Boom. real Kendrick apology. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why why women is so angry about a man appreciation appreciating how they look naturally. I mean, dang, he said, I love them stretch marks. I mean, you, you don't get no more hey, natural than that. Hey, oh, hey, Kayla, Kayla from Twitter has something to say. Kayla says. He neglects to voice any care for how women feel about their bodies and speaks on his own selfish sexual desires. Oh, that's crazy. Nigga, let me, what? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me ask you. Let's I'm going to just say this. this. Put it like this. I'm putting it in another scenario. Uh, nine times out of ten, because I, I know people don't want to say 100%, women do not like wearing fake purses. Fake purses, like a fake yeah, product. Yeah, like oh, would you okay. would you buy a off. fake product or would you Normally. buy the natural real product? Us? I'm just saying. Well, you know, we we'll buy fake all day. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll women. be transgender for a day, and I'll be t- I'll talk on behalf of women. We will want the real Louis Vuitton. You will bag. want the real thing, not some fake, brushed up, you know, not genuine, mm. creative, mm. bullery. Mm. You don't remind want you. This is symbolism for plastic surgery. <laughs> I mean, I think it's not even just plastic surgery. I think just not being who you are. I think you just not acting your personality, trying to act like a celebrity to get attention from certain guys. You gotta take your clothes off to get shake your booty for certain guys. Mm. I, I think it comes to all, change not just plastic surgery. Change. I think it comes to all. 
So um, let me let me play um, feminist devil's advocate. What? Here's what I'm. Here's what we're saying as feminists. I'm speaking on behalf of feminists. Yeah. Oh Jesus. We're saying that Kendrick Lamar is talking about what he likes and what he prefers. But by saying what he likes and what he prefers, he's making women who have plastic surgery feel like they're not meeting his standards for the beauty of a woman. And that is problematic because it's setting unrealistic standards for what a woman's beauty should look like. And that's wrong. What? Wait, hold up. How's it unrealistic? You changed your body on purpose. But there was many reasons why I may have changed my body. No. 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 I'm sorry. I'm calling BS on that. Ain't no many reasons why they changed their body. We all know why they did it. What it if, wasn't what, for their self esteem. Wait, 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 wait. What if she had an iron booty and couldn't wear sweatpants because they fall to the ground, so she needed a little bit of a butt, and she got plastic surgery? <laughs> okay, first of all, that's unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, my ahead, thing Sam. is, my thing is like, how can you? Why does she want him to? So, what if Kendrick's type is not what you are? So what? But why is you someone, to promote it? Some, someone else's is. Like, what she wants and what these women on here want is just a reason to be mad. There's some people who are going to like you and some people who won't like you, and that's just fair. Like, the whole world doesn't have to accept everything, have the same taste, same point of view, just so they don't hurt other people's feelings. Thank Stop you. being sensitive. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Mm. Like, he doesn't like you. He doesn't like you. Too bad. I know plenty of people who would love your plastic surgery. I know plenty of people who love themselves and Kylie Jenner's, and that's fine. Mm. But just you have no right to get mad at that. I don't my 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 likes, my desires, Kendrick's likes, Kendrick's, Kendrick's desires. They don't have to fit who you are. Like Maybe. I said, I don't think that's the overall message. Me I don't either. think it's just physical. I, I think mean, women paint themselves up for just to get attention from men. That is. Objectify themselves, taking their clothes off. Gotta, I gotta all oh, want attention from this guy, so I gotta act a certain way. I, that to me, it, it was Kendrick' overall message. Message, not really, you know, the physical or plastic surgery. I think he's like, man, you do not have to dress yourself up for these men out here. Be yourselves. Somebody is gonna love you just the way you are naturally. You're beautiful. You're confident. All that. Be yourself. Be natural. Don't be fake. And let's be honest to the feminists. Will anything make you happy? Because <laughs> you just got mad at the silliest thing in the world to mm. me. And this is just my opinion. Look, bro. In America nowadays, people just like getting mad. That's what the truth That's is. That's true. You know, mm. Dave. I was watching Dave Chappelle and he said that, man. There's something wrong with us. We just mad. <laughs> we just mad now. We don't even know why we mad. All right. <laughs> now, now, I agree with you, Chris. I think Chris hit the nail on the head. I'm not even going to reiterate it because I don't want to take anything away from it. Good point. We're going to go ahead, leave on that note, take a quick commercial break, hop into the main topic. We are the roommates, and this is the Conduit Podcast Network. Okay, we are back. We are back. That Hey, guys, I think that was really, really good conversation right there. You know, I know I can only imagine some people might be upset because it's a bunch of Man in the room talking about it, but I feel like that was really productive conversation. Thank you for stopping, starting to stop watch. I wish we didn't even have to talk about it because yeah. it's ridiculous. It's crazy. They were pissed. Well, tell them how you really feel, Sam. Nah, man, I'm not. Tell us how you really feel. Nah, I'm not gonna tell them how I feel, man. <laughs> All right, I'm just I'm ain't just ready for that. Them. So yeah. let's go ahead. 
We got the full house, Chris. Go ahead and say what's up to the people. Real Chris is back on the show. What's up, y'all? This is real Chris, the actual star of the show. I actually have Chris Jr.'s mic right now. He's in timeout. That I'm that gonna hit. You his daddy? You his daddy? Yeah, I, I am his father. Man, bend him over the knees. Fake him out. Yes, I am. All right, so we got a full house. We got Khalil. We got real Chris. We have other Chris. We got Sam. No we got more Big Poppy. You, we got everybody. We got everybody here. And so, here's what I want to discuss in the main topic. But before we discuss it, I got to talk to you about what kind of birthed this idea. So, um, I was sitting and talking to our barber named HB, right? Whew. HB, super dope guy, really enjoyable conversation. And he had recently went to Jamaica. And he said when he went to the hoods in Jamaica... And the people in Jamaica were living in, like, these tin can houses. You know, a lot of people are familiar with those kind of houses. But the crazy thing about it was they had so little money, but they were so happy. You know what I mean? And they were, they were, they were filled with joy spiritually, mostly all that good stuff. And then I was thinking about, like, how in America we are so consumed with this idea of the American dream. Whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it, we're all consumed. Everybody nowadays is trying to get that bag. Everybody nowadays is trying to get that house on the hill in California. Everybody nowadays is trying to pursue materialistic success. And so I want to go ahead and have a little conversation about the American dream. I want to know how you guys feel about it. Do you guys think it's problematic? Do you guys feel like it's good? I want to know your opinions. Whoever wants to hop on it first, go ahead. What are you guys' thoughts about the American dream? Let's start right there. Sam? Why Sam always got to go first? I don't know, man. I just Maybe like calling because him out. I have uh, the most insightful opinions. Ooh. Okay, now you're just feeling yourself. Agreed. Real Chris. He now he got it, bro. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, so I, Sam Toto, oh, am an immigrant. I go. came from another country, not by choice, had to, had to get out. And so the American dream for me is a lot different from those who were raised over here. Um, whenever I came to America, it was, I mean, it's something, how we see America outside of the United States is just, it's like a dream world. Anything possible is possible in America. Like whatever you want to be, um, whatever you want to get, whatever you want to achieve is possible. So, like, America is like some type of dream where we feel like everybody's got all the riches, just all the things that you sit around and dream about whenever you're broke. So, um, whenever I came to America, it was, it was a, how do I say? It, it was just opportunity is what we really came for. Not necessarily to get rich, but we came because there's opportunity. You can be or have whatever you want, so... That's what the American dream is to me. But, I mean, living over here all these years, getting trained and taught on what the American dream is to most Americans, most of the people who lived here, uh, it's basically just consumerism. It's the more I have, the closer I am to that. And because of that, it's the most elusive thing in the world. Um, you can never have enough to a point where you reach a certain status or you attain that kind of dream. So, great. That's kind of that's that's my two cents. Hmm. Anybody who likes to add to that? Uh, yeah, this is Chris. 
uh, yeah, the actual star of the show, Chris. So you, um, the the father, Chris the father, Chris the father. Okay, yeah, let's right. let's go ahead and refer to it as that from now on, Chris the father. I think Part that's one. easier for <laughs> for the listeners. But um, yeah, I agree with Sam for the most part. Um, everything that he said, I mean, just the American dream itself is is nothing short of a lie to me. This is my personal opinion. Uh, I don't mean to offend anybody, but. Um, Say one more time, bro. I'm right there with you. It's it's a lie. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a, a lie. lie. Like there's not there's not anything attainable in the quote unquote American dream, um, you know. And I think the best example I've heard this plenty of times. Uh, just because just being a, a part of a ministry and all of that, uh, people are gonna tell you over and over, like, yeah, you can, you can uh, do all you want to, you can achieve all your goals and all that, but nothing will satisfy you. And, you know, you hear that over and over again. You don't really know what that means. And and even, you know, you could try to tell that to people, but tell that to somebody that's in the hood, like that has absolutely nothing in America. You know what I mean? They're just looking up. They're looking at the guys that are drug dealers, looking at uh, the people on TV, the rappers that have seemingly everything they don't. And they just seem like it just looks great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, it, it's understandable why people believe that, believe the lie pretty much whatever it is and so um i just remember hearing uh tom brady's interview on 60 minutes uh it was some years back it was i think it was after one of his rings i don't know he got like it was after number three (laughs) it was after 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 the third ring right um and you guys know exactly what i'm talking about he was on 60 minutes and they were just asking him like man what's it like to be the best quarterback in the world uh to be literally living the American dream. Like you have the wife, supermodel wife, you have all the money, you have all this uh, beautiful family. Uh, you live in an amazing place, an amazing house. Uh, what's it like? And he said, quote unquote, there's got to be more than this, period. Uh, just like, yeah, I got it. You know, I have this, I have that. Um, he's got his health. He's got a lot of things. It's Tom Brady. Like, yeah, he's winning. It's Tom Brady. Like, uh, have you seen his wife? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> and so he he sat there and said, "There's got there's got to be something more." And he didn't know what the heck it was. Had no answer for what it was, but literally just said, "There's got to be something more." So this American dream, man, is is literally just a lie. In 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 my personal opinion, that we all end up chasing at some point or another. Like we we just fall into it. We've all lived lived in America, mm-hmm. um, wanted to attain it. And so yeah, yeah but. Like, how do you guys feel about, like, most of our listeners, most of the people, like, young adults, especially young black adults, like, who've been through a struggle, they never want to go back there, right? And they see material success as a one-way ticket to happiness. And they're spending hours upon hours working jobs that they don't like, saving up money, spending money, buying stuff like these, like... We're so consumed with Instagram, seeing other people live their lives and Snapchat. And we want to, we want to, and we have this obsession with financial success, right? And do you feel like that's really something that won't make you happy? I feel like a lot of people really believe that, like, if I can, if I have, if I don't have to worry about food on the table, if I don't got to worry about going from paycheck to paycheck, like, that's going to make me happy. Like, do you guys feel like that's problematic? No. I have, to, I have to be honest. That was that's my that was always been my dream. Yeah, I didn't. I never wanted all the riches in the world. If I could just get to a point where I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck, where I don't gotta wake up in the morning like, damn, I gotta pay this bill, I gotta pay that bill. You know, 
That I don't want to have, but I think everything. You gonna pay them bills? If you, pay. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna pay them bills? <laughs> One way or another. I mean, I gotta pay, but I don't want to be. After I pay, I don't want to think. Damn, I'm broke now. I ain't got nothing. Mm-hmm. After I pay that bill, I wanna. I want. I want that cushion. I want. I want that cushion after I pay the bill. I'm like, dang, I'm still sitting nice. But I mean, everything's about. I think it's about moderation. You know, yeah. knowing when to stop. You know, don't be greedy. When it's too much. What, you know, you gotta. You gotta know when it's too much. You know when. At what point are you no longer happy, like about it? Cause it, I, cause I, I believe I'm sorry. When you got a lot of money, and and those people got, I feel like this, they come to a point where they're no longer actually happy. That money has actually made them worse. That's that's what I believe. I believe. I feel like people come to that point. I mean, we see it all the time with celebrities, man. It gets to their heads. Not everybody can handle it. I mean, they can show us whatever we want, what they want to show us on TV. But we know at home they tripping. <laughs> Mm. Always in that spotlight, you know. Always got to worry about. I mean, I'm sorry. Perfect example because it just happened with the Dave Chappelle, how he walked away from 50 million dollars. People were like, damn, like how do you do that? I mean, he, he said he straight up like he didn't know what made him happy anymore. Like, all you got all this money in the world, but you don't, and you don't even know you can go literally anywhere you want at any moment, and you still don't know what makes you happy. You have the power to do anything you want, and you don't know what, what like what makes you happy as a person, like what the things that you actually like, because you're so consumed with making money. Yeah, they've actually done studies on it. To be honest, um, on the correlation between money and happiness, and they've they've seen that after about seventy five to eighty thousand, the happiness does not increase. It does mm. not exist. It does not increase. What so. if you're living in New York? What's that mean? I, I don't know. Okay. Is, I don't, you, you probably more on that. You I'm more, you know I don't, what? I don't know. As which, a person from Jersey, you're more unhappy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know which area they did it in, but they said after seventy-five to eighty thousand, your happiness doesn't increase from the materials that you obtain. Now, I think what you said about that question, like if you grew up struggling, all those kind of things. There's, I think there's necessities in life that everybody needs in order to live their best life. You can't worry about being fed. You can't. Worry about your health every single day. There's certain necessities that you, there's certain things that need to be taken care of for all humans to be able to enjoy their life. And that's like shelter. You need shelter. You need a good place to live. Uh, you need you need food every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you need health. And then you, and then after that, like I think the money you make doesn't matter if you have those things covered. I think nothing changes whatsoever. Um, if you got a home. If you're healthy and you got food in your stomach every day, like I don't know what else there is. Oh, if you're lonely, that's bad. But as far as anything you can buy, like it's it's nothing else. I mean, I I, I like to. Sorry, I'm thinking, did I cut you off? Nope. Okay, thanks. Anyway, but I mean, no long talk. But you know, I like to think like like this. You know, I think Hafiz, I think you said this before. You know, in like one of our conversations, like just you know, just me and you. If if no one ever told you you needed those th- extra things in life, mm. what what would you do if it was never pro- if it was never projected to you that I need this to be happy? What would some of you do? Like this is a real question for some of y'all out there. Y'all need to ask yourself this: If no one ever told me I need to have this car, I need to have this house, this wife, she gotta look like this. I got to do this. I got to have this much money in the bank. I got to be able to have this many cars. If no one ever projected that to you or showed you that image and made you think that's what happiness was, how, wait, what, 
what would you do? How would you feel? Like, what would you do to make you happy? I believe out there in my mind that some of y'all don't even know the answer to that damn question. Mm. <laughs> Dang, boy. <laughs> Dang, boy. Way to give it to him, Kalea. I don't know what to Say something, bro. I can't say it. You can't follow that up. I know I didn't say it. I can't even answer the question. All right, all right, all right. right. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Here's here's a question, and and we're going to go down the line and and answer this question. All right. So, I hear all this nice philosophical, you know, be a little nomad, live live with a little bit of money kind of stuff. So, you guys telling me. Here we go. Devil's advocate. Oh, I got something. Yeah. <laughs> you telling me that you would rather make $70,000 a year and live a decent life. Phys- or let's make it $50,000 a year and live a decent life then make $300,000 a year. You get a little bit more stress, but you have a lot more Financial freedom. You telling me you matter to make fifty thousand dollars and three hundred thousand dollars with that opportunity cost of you saying that the more money you make, the less happier you are. Uh, Chris, um, just down the line, just yes Chris, or no. I really want to go, but I know you want to no, go. No, Sam first. starts first. Just yes or no. I don't <laughs> okay, real quick, Let's go down so, the line. So it's seventy thousand. Fifty. I said fifty thousand decent. three hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> and you got some. You got some issues because of the money. Yeah, well, you chose the you chose the wrong guy to start first because yes or no, yes or no, 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 no. Get to the point. No, I gotta explain it. Listen, we don't have time for everybody to explain. That's no, why it's I gonna be real quick. It's gonna be short. It's gonna be short. I had a great life, and my parents never made over sixty thousand. At one point, we had thirteen people living in our home. We didn't have crap, but I had the happiest childhood anybody could ever have, and I'm still happy to this day. I'll take that fifty thousand and run. Khalil, man, I'm gonna have to take the fifty. Jordan. We got to just talk about opportunity costs. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> I mean, we talking about work stress or we talking about like you I'm not happy about, at house? No, work stress. Like work stress, you know, issues because you have all this money. People, you know, All the issues. Like Sam said, the the studies show the more money you make after it's $80,000, happiness doesn't necessarily increase. So I'm assuming that it either stagnates or it decreases. Let's, so let's say it decreases. Would you want to have, let's say, you know, a little bit of more issues, but you have $300,000? I got you. First, Chris, let, let me put it to you like this. If you make it $300,000, you ain't got no real life at home. No, I didn't say I that. I didn't say that. No, well, you no, no, don't. No. I'm sorry. If I'm out there making $300,000, what what do you nah, to make $300,000 You're not making 300000 and having a and year? working 40 hours a week. That's not how life works. Exactly. You, you, you're you earning that money. You're earning that money. You're just working. You're, you're working no, you're not, constantly. No, in, this, in this scenario, you're not like working 100 hours a week. You can't see That's your not real kids. You're not, you're not, you know, Jim Carrey off of Liar Liar. You're not that guy. But yes, you mean, you but life, no. life has deep, deep There's real opportunity costs. If you're bit. making 300000 yeah. you're suffering. You're staying. I'm In some way, you're, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm not saying you're never home. home. I'm just saying you have things to take care of. No, and, and he's definitely sleeps just, at the office. You're perfect? Not perfect. You're just living a decent life. You $50,000. Put it like this. If, versus what I'm doing today, 50000 versus 300000 I'm taking 300000 off off top. I ain't going to lie to you. I already work that gum <laughs> 10 hours, 12 hour days. All right, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'll be honest. I work a lot. So let's and say, my, my career is hard. Let's say you went from 10 hour days to 14, 16 hour days. For 
I mean, yeah, nah, that, in that case, that I probably wouldn't do increase, it. Boy, would, would you do it? <laughs> in that case, I probably wouldn't do it. From 50000 to 300000 But I'm saying, my, but no, like, I'm talking about as just my career today. If yes. I'm doing what I'm doing yeah. and knowing that I have the one of the hardest careers in America, yeah. how much I'm working, how everything is not guaranteed, how I live off a of commission, yeah. I'm taking $300,000 off top anyway. Just, just pure safety because I okay. live off commission. That's right. what I'm saying. <laughs> um, real Chris. The daddy. Well, <laughs> as a safety move. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm about to be a campus minister. Both. I mean, mm-hmm. long story short, uh, my salary is going to be about 35000 off of people's monthly financial giving. So as far as safety, uh, that's something I'm completely relying on the Lord for. So, uh, <laughs> Amen to you. <laughs> so, um, and, but with that, because I almost fit into this scenario. With that, I'm getting to do what I'm very passionate about. I'm about to be on the college campus telling people about Jesus, seeing young black African-American males that look like myself come to Christ, love the Lord, uh, become great men like all four of you along this table. Um, And so that's something that I will easily take over the 300,000 a year and and long work days probably doing something I don't care to do at all. Uh, Yeah, so... So my question is, most people will disagree with you guys, and here's and why do you think most people would disagree with you guys? Greed. I say, uh, I'm gonna say greed. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's. I, it, it really depends, honestly. Like I said, if people that is in my shoes, that's in my career, know exactly what I'm going through, you know, like. To me today, I could be fine living off fifty thousand. That's easy today, but I'm like my career. I know I don't have a I don't have a check coming in consistently. I don't have you know a safety net of a salary, you know all the time. And I'm just thinking I got family. I want to have kids. I want to provide you know a decent living. Like if I'm thinking about just what I'm doing today and how much I work, I'm taking the three hundred thousand. I don't think that's greedy. I don't think that makes me greedy. That gives me more opportunity to provide to give. Not if you just take the material things away, I'm be honest with y'all. I'm be straight one hundred. I don't think that makes me a bad person or nah, a greedy person. First of all, no I'm, one said you was a bad person. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, you I'm definitely said saying. greedy though, Khalil. That's I did say greedy. <laughs> I did say greedy. Yeah. All right. In all fairness, I will go back to to I will. I'm sorry. No, I, you <laughs> <did>. <laughs> <laughs> what, I don't feel no offense by it at all. Yeah. I well, the reason I think. <laughs> The reason I think most people would take the 300, though, is uh, I think it's a lack of experience. I think just like myself and lots of other people, we haven't seen 300,000 before and the things that 300,000 can do for you. But once you get over there, just like we've been talking about, that 300,000, you may be disillusioned by it. It might not be able to buy you all the things and happiness and security that you once thought that you needed. And so I think what it's about is experience, like. I think in my life that I've experienced that, man, I've experienced it and now I know which things matter to me and money's not one of those. I know the certain things that money needs to get me for me to have a certain quality of life. And I think because of that, I know I don't need 300000 I think people need to experience life and see what they need and what they don't need. And that's what that's what's really going to give them that answer. Most people, they haven't seen it. So they're like, man, I don't need that 300 I need what it's going to give me. Chris, were you gonna say something? I mean, you like I said. I think if we take, if we take the number, to me is just like it's kind of 
taken away for the overall message that I'm trying to say. Um, it's not that it's what the material things I can buy, what the um, um, the opportunities I can have, or like to me, like in my life, I never I never made the amount of money I'm making now, and you know that's this is a whole new experience for me. So if like we go back and say, hey Chris, would you make, rather make two thousand dollars what you're doing or whatever forty thousand dollars what you're doing now? I'm still gonna choose the forty. You know, I never experienced the forty. You know, but I'm still gonna do it. Yeah, Chris, I I want to clarify what we're saying is that He's saying most if, people. If you took the three hundred thousand dollars, we're saying that there's there's gonna be opportunity cost. So like going I'm, back to your scenario. Mm-hmm. You working your same job, okay? But f- when you're making fifty thousand dollars, like you're like, let's say you're making it right now, you're working ten to twelve hours, okay? But to make three hundred thousand dollars, you have to work fourteen to sixteen hours. Would you take those extra hours in order to make extra money to provide a standard of living you want for your family? Ah, oh, man. Yeah, they, to me, they're sacrifices. Yeah, I I understand, but like. If we're talking about a typical sit down at the desk job, not not career I'm doing because my career is very flexible, so that's mm-hmm. that's that's a whole different uh, scenario. But we're talking about like I'm sitting down at the desk for ten hours just doing computer work. Then no, that's stupid. I'm not doing what I want to do. Like the thing is, I'm actually doing the career I want to do. So those ten to 12, 14 hour days may fly by to me. Okay. It may, but uh, if I'm sitting there just yeah, sitting 14, there. 16. Okay, that's fine. If I'm just sitting there wasting my wasting my life away on you know sitting down on a computer analyzing things rather than helping people with their finances, I mean, yeah, I'm easily gonna choose fifty thousand over three hundred thousand. But since I'm doing what I want to do now, yeah. I don't see the problem in taking three hundred thousand. And the reason twenty four hours in a day, right? And the, I know right, what I mean. And the, and the, real quick, here's the reason why I brought that up. Because to me, I just lose sleep rather than losing time with family. I just lose sleep. I wouldn't sleep that much. Okay, I don't sleep that much now. So here, but here's why I brought that up. So, I love DJ Envy off the Breakfast Club. He's a super amazing guy. I love DJ. I really do. He's a really great role model, in my opinion. DJ Envy talks about how, not saying he doesn't spend time with his kids, but in order to provide a standard standard of living he wants his children and his family to have, he works crazy hours. Envy works upwards between 18, I mean 16 to 18 hours a day. Like, he's always working. He's saying he knows that he has to sacrifice some things. But he's willing to sacrifice those things in order to provide for his family. I.e., when we talked about Future two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. Future said, my kids got this stuff. They got all these things. I want to give them this money. So I'm saying, like, do you feel like this that idea of the American dream that sometimes you got to sacrifice the quote-unquote non-essential things to provide a standard of living for your family, you guys feel like that's good or is that bad? First of all, let's just make this clear. that Me making a lot of money is not my American dream. This was just the scenario you painted out, and that's what the answer mm-hmm. I gave. Mm-hmm. Um, like My version of American dream is just to be happy overall, like money, whatever. But it's more like spiritually happy, mentally happy, physically healthy, relationships. I mean... Those, I mean, just being, you know, disciplined in all facets, areas of my life and putting God number one and him being every asset of my life, that's my American dream, mm-hmm. you know. So to answer your question, I think it's just, like I said, it really it really depends on what the person is is going for. Like like I said, future, that's, that's what he decided to do. I mean, that's yeah. him. He is sacrificing, you know, raising his kids. 
but he feels like making more money to provide for his family is better. And like and, I said, Russell Wilson more likely going to be a better father than future. Anyway, so he might, <laughs> I think that's a good thing you're doing that. But go ahead, Kuzo. But like you said, like, everybody's different, man. Every Like, he's talking about, you know, to making this thing to provide for his children. The question is, is it a, is he doing this out of the necessity mm. or because of what he wants, mm. the standard that he set? Because there's a difference between the I'm sure he's well past this necessity mm-hmm. of the things he needs to do for his children. And at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know these people personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know DJ Envy personally. I mean, I, I think as an adult, there also comes to a point as a grown man, as a as a father. I think there has to come to a point in somebody's life where you have to ask yourself. What do my kids need? Yeah. Do my kids need this material thing in their life, or do they need their father in their yeah. life? I mean, I feel like you got to ask that yourself that question. Yeah, I think I think that's the same question. If you make it fifty thousand versus three hundred thousand, that's the same question. Fair enough, I get that. It sounds it sounds to me, Chris, that your what you said was your American dream. Just is just your dream. Period. That that doesn't really match up to what yeah. I would when somebody says the American dream. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much you know. You come to America, you have the opportunity to be and do whatever it is that your heart desires and get to the end of that. And my my issue with the quote-unquote American dream is that there's not an end goal. There's no goal whatsoever. Like, we've had this American dream savagery about us since the Garden of Eden, bro, since, since way back when. It's like we've been going at it, go get I mean, you can you can go look at Genesis and then fast forward to how we even became America in the first place. It wasn't called the American dream back then, but, you know, the manifest destiny. We went and killed thousands upon thousands of Native Americans, immigrants, as immigrants. We were the immigrants, like, or not we. Hold on, scratch that. (laughs) (laughs) Europeans were the immigrants. There you go. Uh, We went went and killed, you know, pretty much bought all that land from from France and, and killed people in the process and that. And you know what I mean? It's just, there's no... There's no end goal. It's like, at some point, bro, I read this other day. It blew my mind. Amazon is about to have drones to where if you buy something online, like a gro- like they're about to have groceries online on Amazon. You could buy a gallon of milk. It'll be at your house in 30 minutes. Mm. <laughs> what? 30 minutes yeah. by drone. Robot apocalypse. That's how I feel. You, <laughs> no, so I was, I was saying what? we got we to gotta wrap it up. Uh, you want to ask something, Chris, real quick? Oh, I just... Uh... Yeah, just the, the rebuttal. I think um, if we're talking about materialistic, you know, like, all, yeah, I understand. Having a big house, having nice cars, having a beautiful wife, everything's perfect, un- unrealistic and unsatisfied. Not arguing that at mm-hmm. all. But the American dream, I also think it builds, one, it builds character and builds passion, builds determined. Because if you start from nothing and you have something that you're going for. Like, everybody has different visions. Everybody make their own different vision boards and whatever. To me, Sam, your vision can be having a, a simple, a simple, decent income, uh, a family of, what, five to seven, ten kids you want? Like, <laughs> like uh, a, a beautiful Christian-filled wife, decent car, and, and you and you sitting there raising your kids. To me, that's your American dream. You go out there, you hustle, you fight, you make it happen. To me, that's the same thing as the some people going after un, unrealistic thing. Like I said, I don't agree with that, mm-hmm. but everybody has their different version of American dream. Yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up like this. Chris made a great point. The American dream is 
Subjective. For some people, the dream is vain pursuits of materialistic success. But for some people, it's loving other people, having a good family, supporting their family, being there for their family. Like Chris said, making it from nothing to something and being able to provide for their family. And I also love what Khalil said about the difference between necessity versus, um, you said necessity versus like some superficial standard. And it's like goes back to the idea that people always say, I want to give my children all that I never had, right? And they're usually talking about they want to give their kids more stuff. And then Sam made a great point that there's opportunity costs, that if you're going to work more work more hours to get more money, that means you're going to spend less time with your family and your loved ones, and you might have to take that risk. And is that really worth it? Is that really worth pursuing a dream in which you're not being able to spend it with those that you love? Great conversation. Let's continue it off air. You guys should continue this conversation yourselves at home. We're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. We are the roommates, and this is the Conduit Podcast Network. Okay, we are back. We are back, and we are into America's favorite topic, and it is debate of the week, our third and final segment. So in this debate of the week, this was kind of an old one. We wanted to talk about it a long time ago. We won't give any names, but there was an undisclosed young man who was probably between the ages of 21 and 20. (laughs) And this young man was dating a girl maybe the age of 24 through 26. I'm just throwing out numbers. And this guy not dating this girl proposed to this girl. He was a young man. He was, let's say, maybe a junior in college. I don't know. No. And the girl was graduated. And they dated for maybe six months. There was a huge argument in the house whether... He was dating her too soon uh, before he got you engaged, her? blah, 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 this, that, and the third. So here is the debate of the week. How soon is too soon to move from a dating relationship to being engaged? I'll say that one more time in case you weren't listening. How soon is too soon to move from a dating relationship to being engaged? Let's go ahead, discuss what you guys think. Don't all jump up at once. Crickets, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Maharaj. (laughs) Okay, so what age? Repeat the question, my boy. How soon is too soon, time-wise, to move from being in a dating relationship to being engaged? (laughs) So the guy that we're talking about, he was dating this girl from six months, maybe eight months, and then he proposed to her. Everybody was in the uproar about it. So I'm asking, how soon it's too soon. What do you guys think? He's 20. She's 26. He is 20. She is 26. Okay. Oh, man. So, my I'm currently engaged. I'm getting married in, shoot, less Woo-hoo. than less than two Young weeks. black marriages. Uh, and so, I'm to give you a little bit of context, I'm 22. Uh, my fiance is 23, about to be 24 in June. Jesus. Uh, we've That's been, a little cougar. We, uh, yeah, low key. She's a cradle robber a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> what the? What? Uh, what? Cradle robber. Oh, like I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, we've been dating in a, in a dating relationship for two and a half years before I asked her to be my wife. And it, that was also in that was in college. We started dating in, the, in college in the middle of both of our college careers. Um, and so, man. And I'm already just just so y'all know, I'm somebody that gets all the time like, bro, you sure? Like you're too young, all that stuff, whether it be from family, 
you know, friends that haven't really been in my life in the last few years, you know, just people that just just hear about it, like, dang, bro, for real? Um, so, oh, man. They were dating for six to eight months. Yeah, so it's not the age. We're not talking about the age difference. I'm talking about how, how the period dating period of time. I don't think that you could. Were they friends before? Yeah, for like a year. Okay. So, so maybe who knows? I, I mean, I, I just that. don't. I don't. I don't think that you're not gonna know somebody completely before you before you propose to them, whether you're dating for three years or six months, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think that. One, there has to be a level of maturity on both ends. And I think that six months is probably the absolute soonest that I could ever see anybody get engaged and, like, they actually know each other. You know what I mean? It's not just like a, man, this is the first girl that's ever liked me, so I'm proposing type deal. Uh, I feel like if if they're dating for, <laughs> I mean, that's still way too, in my opinion, that's still way too soon. There but you go, there you go. I've seen, the- here's the thing, no, no, but that's the thing, like, I've known people, like, I know a lot of people that they've dated somebody, they were friends for, you know, say a year or so, in, running in the same circles, they dated, like, actually had a relationship with each other for six, maybe to eight months, uh, and their, the progression of their relationship, like, there was nowhere else for them to go as two adults that are very mature they both love the same lord they both um are passionate about the same things there was nowhere else for them to go either uh spiritually emotionally physically for sure other than uh to get married you know there was just no like there was no more getting to know for them um and so uh, unless it was really just they were just waiting for each other to break up with the other person. All right. Did they live together at any point? Before no, they, they did not. They no. did not live. So, Khalil, what is, Khalil what's your thoughts? You're in a, you're you've been in a long term relationship. What Man, is your I feel thought? like you gotta go up, down, left, right, all around. I mean, I feel like this, this is my thing. And I asked this is why I asked the question about living with someone. I'm sorry, dating someone, just being over there, it ain't the same as living with them. And I feel like that's an important part. I feel like maybe Maybe because I'm older at heart. Um, I feel like you should at least live with them for a little bit before you marry them. And I say that for very good reasons. Because if you've never lived with any with another with a woman that you were in a relationship with, you probably have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> and so, the only way you're gonna know is if you live with them. Cool. I feel like that's a key aspect, Tina, as you're gonna be with this person for the rest of your life. So, quick question for you, Khalil. Um, I would disagree with that because I feel like living with a girlfriend is different than living with a wife because the yes. whole the whole mindset is different, right? No, let me, let me tell you why. How would you know you're not married? You're not, I'm not, <laughs> you're not married either. I know. <laughs> so we can. I mean, this at, at the end of the day is both our opinions. Yeah. So, so there's no point. That's in what you, I'm asking. You, how do you know? The, in my opinion, I say. If you're dating someone and you you're saying it's a different mindset, so what? It's totally different. Okay, you're saying it's a different mindset, right? So what's the match? So when you so when you so when you walk across walk down that aisle, right? Yeah. So just snap, just like that, no, right? No, no, no. Your hey, mind's he, different. I'll, I'll answer that. Your go mind's ahead, different. Ahead, you can't uh, say no, no, no. you can't say it's a truly different mindset. If y'all are grown and at a point, it's not a different mindset. Grown You've, and at a point. Yeah. Um, if y'all have grown to a certain point together, how can you call it a completely different mindset? Well, let me tell there you. There has what, to be a, yes. Be, there has to be a transition. Yes. You want to go, Chris? But you can't yeah, say I'll it's a ahead. dramatic leap. It's 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 one word, bro. And I'll try to I'll try to define this word as best as I can. It's called it's commitment. Now commitment when you get married 
There is a when you say I do whatever it is, you know, I now pronounce you Mr. Mrs. whatever the heck. You are now together for the rest of your life. There is no there's yeah. no sort of ounce of I can walk out at any point in time. You can piss me off. I can leave that door and you can never see me again. We're we're married. We're niched together. Now, yes, divorce happens, all that stuff happens, whatever. But marriage itself was formed for certain comforts, you know, both on the man's side and the woman's side. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be God first and then my husband, my wife, and nothing else comes before you. Now, when I'm in a relationship and I'm living with you, my mom is still more important than you. I'm sorry. If we're That's just true. dating, my mom still comes before you. No matter If you and my mom get in an argument, we've been dating for eight months. Who cares? We're living together just because we wanted to live together. We sound, we thought that would be cool. If you and my mom get in a legitimate argument, then I'm on my mom's side. That's it. Point blank period. My mom was right. But if we're married, because of because of what I believe marriage to be and how I believe that the wife comes before anything else, uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna have to side with my wife. Like, there's a there's a diff, and that's just one scenario. But uh, just I think commitment it means means a lot more than than it's taken for. Um, How does that answer my question? <laughs> <laughs> you just said no. He explained to you, and real quick, he explained to you. I'm and I'm gonna summarize what he said, but showing you an article real quick because we gotta wrap it up pretty soon. Psychology Today, New York Times, New York Post, The Atlantic, The Washington Post, all have stated all these different surveys saying that um, more than 70% of U.S. couples now cohabitate before marriage. But most studies have found that premarital cohabitation is associated with increased risk of divorce, a lower quality of marriage, poorer marital communication, and higher levels of domestic violence. So statistically speaking... Cohabitation is actually worse for marriage. And let me tell you why, Khalil. You said the, the mind shift. Chris made a great point. When a woman becomes your wife, everything that you own belongs to her too. So you, so you can't just leave whenever. And she can't just leave for whenever. You guys are dating. Like he's saying, the mindset is I can leave whenever I want to. Nothing will happen. I can just move my stuff out. I will have no legal consequences. We won't have any of these issues. I can do whatever I want. My mind, I am still free. I'm not legally committed to that person. When that woman has your last thing, when that woman is part of your family, when you have all these legal constrictions, when you have all these emotional constrictions by the community and spiritual convictions by the church, that's a whole completely different mindset. And so what happens is when you go into that mindset saying, okay, I'm going to live together, I'm going to quote unquote try them out. That mindset is not productive to commitment because it's saying that at any time you mess it up, I'm going to leave you. Wow, this conversation's changed. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, yeah. I don't know how we got yeah, here. Yeah, well, uh, my opinion, my opinion, my opinion, don't ever do it. Don't ever get married. Stay away. Stay away. Women, you... stay away from me. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm not getting married. Where are you from, Anytime Sam? soon. <laughs> Sam, where you from? It's not finna happen. It's from Sudan. Chris, what do you say? Chris, on back to the original topic. That's not. What do you think is too soon, Chris? Other Chris. Don't do it. Do you feel like the six month was too soon? Dad, go right. I feel like six months. Dad, go right. Hey, Irvy, bro. Six months, bro. Six months. 
six months. What was he thinking? Hey, bro. That's, that was too what soon. was he thinking? Six months too soon. And then I'll be too soon to do that. It's too soon. In my yeah, mind, like I said. So what is not? Months. What is not too soon? Put it like this. Nah, six months. You can't put a number. That's what I'm saying. You definitely can't put a number on it. Then you can't. How you say six months too soon? Because it is. I do think if you're grown, young, young, you ain't living with your mama, you got your stuff together, and y'all dating for like three to four years, what the crap y'all waiting on? Don't do it. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying. To me, it's like three years or less. If you financial date, stability. To me, to, to me, two years is a <laughs> You'll be happy time. by yourself. You, like, what's the point of dating forever? That's my that's my question. Like, I would no date point. for a long time, especially if I already know, because most of these guys just scared of commitment. Honestly, they just scared of commitment. Um, so I don't believe in dating for a long time, but I also six months. Love yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or you just love yourself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> We got on the rabbit trail a little bit, so a we lot, didn't a lot, <laughs> a lot of bit. Man, we didn't fully get to dive into this. <laughs> We're gonna bring some people in, some married people in in the future. Have this conversation a little bit later, but we got to go ahead and wrap it up. So as I said at the beginning of this show, this is Hafiz. This is Sam. Cool, you been okay. And this is Chris, <laughs> the star of the show, once again, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Worry about you. Man, this is Khalil. And I'm your daddy, Chris. <laughs> the real Chris. And we are the roommates, and it's we are on back. the Conduit Podcast Network. Miami. This has off been to Miami. The oh, we're going straight to Miami right week. now. <laughs> we want to say thank you to all of our fans. We appreciate all your comments and messages. Please, please follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Citra Radio, get married. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can search <laughs> us under the Roommates Podcast. And hey, if you like what you've heard oh, today, <laughs> we need to tell your friends about us share the podcast on your social media Same be our ambassadors let people know where they can experience their best hour of the week where the roommates you're gonna be the kind of podcast first one of all of us to get adios you're gonna be the first one of all of us to get married <laughs>